0: because you might love what you hear, and you'll want to be a part of it, um, and so uh, I just want you to know that, and we hope that you will be a part of it, because great churches are built on great people, and uh, so we need you, uh, because a great church is not lights and music. They did a great job, but that's not a great church. Great church is great people, and so um, throughout the past few weeks, I've been telling everyone to, to, to be here or to tune in. If you're online, thank you for being online and watching this. Uh, It's been interesting um, because last week I was preaching about the God of Change. I could actually feel tension in the pulpit while I was preaching about the God of Change. I could—did anybody else feel that or no? Would you admit it? I mean, I could actually feel tension, and um, part of this is normal because you all love and care about this church so much, and you love it the way it is. Why do you have to change anything? I like it like this. And so it causes a little bit of tension inside of us, and I get that. Uh, But I want to go ahead and put you at ease right away. This is exciting stuff. You do not have, everybody go like this, go, go, breathe that into your mask. (laughs) If somebody's breath stinks, it's probably yours. So it's interesting, as people get older, a lot of times people will stop working out. (laughs) The church is like, let me tell you, you are off to a bad start. (laughs) Um, And what happens is, is when our muscles stop being used, you know, the next time we go to use them, if you haven't worked out for months or years and you decide you're going to go work out, okay, um, what happens to your muscles? I hadn't played basketball since before COVID. Brother Chris asked me to go play. He said, we're going to play a couple games. He kept asking me for one more game, one more game, one more game. I've prayed through. We're still friends. Um, But let's just say for the next week, my body was like, I'm aggravated with you because we haven't played in a, a year and you just played nine games of basketball. But these muscles that you use, they need to be stretched out. And so... It's good to start and then after you're working out, you want to stretch those muscles out because if we don't, they tighten up and they don't stretch and they don't get use. Now, it's interesting because I actually, I have a, a slide for stretching. There we go. All right. <laughs> I worked hard on these slides. I want you to see these wonderful pictures. So as people stretch out, they, you know we, we keep our muscles more loose and liberal. Well, this can happen in, in churches if we don't stretch. We just get used to doing the same things, and then we, changes come, and it forces us to just stretch a little bit more. So everybody right now, just go ahead and just stretch out as much as you can, you know. I should just have you stand up and do some calisthetics. you know, but, but today I want to preach and speak on this topic. I'm going to lay a biblical foundation, and then I'm going to share with you all of the details about what the future looks like. And today I want to preach on this topic, tradition or mission, tradition or mission. I want you to do me a favor. Do not listen to me pray right now. You begin to pray. I'll begin to pray. And if you need be, put your hand on your heart or put your hand on your head because anytime someone talks about changes, you now are empowered to respond to how that change is going to be. You're either going to be empowered to say yes, this is great. No, this is terrible. And I can promise you, I don't care what the change is, no matter what change happens anywhere in the world, there is always an upside and there's always a couple negatives. So we need to be flexible. But I want you right now to just begin to lay your hand on your head or your chest here and just let's begin to pray over ourselves right now. Jesus, we pray right now God that as we get into your word and into all the things that you've laid on my heart help me I need I need to c- clearly communicate what it is that you've given me to say. So I need you right now. Lord, so please help me. Let, my, let your anointing rest upon me, God. But help everyone, man, woman, child, everyone watching online, here in person. God, they have their hands in their heart or their head. Let them be anointed to be receptive to what it is that you have planned for your church, God. In your name I pray, amen. So a lawyer once tried to trick Jesus by asking, what do I need to do to earn eternal life? Jesus responded with a parable that has come to be known as the parable of the good Samaritan. And he tells this story in Luke 10, 30. It says, Jesus answering said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, which stripped him of his raiment and wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead. By chance... There came down a certain priest that way. When he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Man's here, priest goes over here. And likewise, a Levite was also at that place and came, looked on him. And what did he do? He passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. And when he saw him, he was different. He had compassion on him. And went to him, bound up his wounds, pouring in oil and wine, and set him on his own beast, and brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the morrow, when he departed, he took out two pence and gave them to the hosts. He gave him his two cents worth. Anyway, um, take care of him, and whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I'll repay you. Which now of these three thinkest thou was neighbor unto him that fell among the thieves? Kind of, a, Kind of a, it's a given. They said, yeah, yeah, well, you know, obviously it's, it's the Samaritan, right? And he said, he that showed mercy on him, that was the answer. And so Jesus says, okay, go and do likewise. Now we're introduced to this certain man who was robbed, beat up, stripped naked, and left for dead. This guy is on the side of the road. No one is there to help him. No one is there. He's broken, he's battered, he's hopeless, and he's helpless. And Jesus then begins to paint this picture of people who are traveling from one place to another place, busy with their individual lives. And it's interesting to note that Jesus says the first two are really people that are respected in the religious community, that they're in some form of ministry. And and, and, and when it came time to minister, they, they passed over the broken, the hurting, the helpless, the battered, and the hopeless. Why would someone in ministry pass over someone else that is broken, battered, hurting, and hopeless? What would cause someone whose livelihood was supposed to help people to leave someone for dead on the side of the road? Jesus then introduces us to the Samaritan, and that was intentional. Why? Because the Samaritans and the Jews absolutely despised one another. They hated each other. So for Jesus to say, and let's say now a certain Samaritan came out. they're already is like, oh, no, you didn't. You're going to make the Samaritan the hero of this story. But why would Jesus make the Samaritan the hero of the story? Why would he celebrate the Samaritan's actions? Maybe it's because the Samaritan was the one who most closely aligned with his own mission. Because Jesus tells us, it's not, it's not a mystery. Luke 19, 10, he says, The Son of Man has came to seek and save that which was lost. Notice it says, to seek and to save. The, tr- the religious leaders were consumed with tradition. The Good Samaritan was consumed with his mission. Which do we align with? Tradition or mission? I don't read anywhere in scripture where it says, open a building twice a week and pray the community comes to you. I don't read that anywhere. He said, my mission, I'll tell you, is to seek and save that which was lost. He is to seek Meaning that there was a responsibility there that he knew, I'm looking for people. I'm not just stumbling across them on the road and walking away. I'm actually going out of my way to find those people. So he wasn't just, he was saying the priest, Levi, they not only did wrong, they ran into them. By chance they were coming. They saw him. they, They avoided him. I'm not only saying when you come across someone, I'm saying seek people who are broken and hurting. And he celebrates that. And then he says, go and do just like that. Well, what do we see from the Good Samaritan? He was obviously a busy man heading somewhere on a trip. It didn't say he was out on a Sunday afternoon walking his dog. He was heading from one place to another. He left the battered. He he was obviously busy. He left this battered man with an innkeeper, Probably because he had somewhere else he needed to be. But the Samaritan was willing to be inconvenienced. The work of the Lord is usually not about what's convenient. It's often about this word that we don't like called sacrifice. That's what we see from the Good Samaritan. Just think about the story we just read. He was willing to take time. He placed a bloody and dirty man on his own beast, meaning that was a really awkward ride. There was no social distancing there. A bloody, dirty man, you're either on the beast with the guy or you're walking out in front and you just gave up your method of travel and you're walking the rest of the way. Either way, that's uncomfortable. It's inconvenient. He, was, he invested his own resources. He poured his own oil and wine into his wounds, meaning he got down, and he didn't just say, hang on, hold it. This is not the picture I get from the story. He did not say, just roll over. No doubt he was down there, and he was probably grabbing a cloak and probably wrapping tourniquets around him or, or dabbing. He, his hands probably got dirty and bloody. In order to reach the broken. Too many Christians today. We are living lives. That we, we wish the broken well. But don't ask me to be inconvenienced. Don't ask me to get my hands bloody and dirty. He got his hands dirty. He gave up his own money to the innkeeper. He said, I'm going to come back and check again. That's true discipleship. It wasn't just, all right, well, good luck to you. No, I'm going to come back and check on him, and I will follow up to make sure that he's still making the journey toward wellness. Why would someone do all that? It's found in the scripture. He looked at him, and he had Compassion on him. When we look at the lost, the broken, and the hopeless in our community, do you still have compassion on them? When you look at the lives of the people you work with, live next to, are related to, go to school with your kids, do you still have compassion on the broken? The priest and the Levite had been in ministry so long, they ceased being compassionate. I pray to God this morning that I never am in ministry so long that I forget the reason I stepped in in the first place. I pray to God that I haven't walked this way and done this for so long that I forget why I wanted to do it in the first place. Folks, God started dealing with me personally probably two years ago. Our church is a great church. Matter of fact, if I left, you'd have people lined up to try and come and serve you as, their, as your pastor. This is an incredible church. You are awesome people. The building is beautiful. God has blessed the finances, the resources the church has. The ministry teams are met. like This is an amazing Incredible church. So I'm going, God, why do I keep feeling this burden? Why do, you keep, why do I keep feeling this? And I just kept feeling like I'm afraid to ever have our church become a great church for church people. Man, it's great, something for my kids every time, feed me good meals, good music, this is great, love going there. I don't want to get lost in the tradition that I forget the mission. And so we're, every time we're gathering, we're having something for kids and youth, and there's teaching for adults, the building's beautiful, we're looking to buy a new one, build something bigger so we can have more people in it and make more of a difference in our community. But then I started thinking, we only use our building for service two times a week. We live in a city with about 36,000 people in the city limits. And realistically speaking, there are 100,000 people that can realistically drive and come to this church. We have two new high schools in our city. Both are full. New logistical plants are being built. And it's going to bring another 8,000 to 9,000 jobs to our city. There are probably 12 new complete subdivisions being built in our area as we speak. Yet don't, I don't see these people pouring into our doors. We're driving by their streets, their homes, their places of business, their schools, and we come to our service on Sundays and Wednesdays, and we're not always able to help them. And I'm, I'm going, God, why? I could just get up and talk to you about changes, but I want you to understand my heartbeat first. Because if you understand the what and not the why, it's kind of worthless. These types of questions have been burdening me, and I felt God say, Gary, it's time for fresh vision. Guys, that scared me because it's time for fresh vision, and I don't feel like God's speaking the fresh vision that. It got to the point that nobody really knows this, but I I called my pastor, I talked to my wife, and I was saying, God, is it time for me to step away? Have I personally led the church as far as I can lead it to some... Because I love the church too much. We're not going to ever just exist. So I'm going, God... Is if, if it's not me, then I have to step out of the way and someone else has to come and take the church to the next level that you're calling them to go. Because if you're calling for fresh, fresh vision, I either need to hear it or you need to bring in somebody who has it. And I just kept praying. I kept asking God, and you know, many of you know, I will not do anything without peace, release, and direction. So I have the burden, but if I don't have the peace religion, I'm not going to just change something to change it. And when I was in Wisconsin recently, when I go on vacation, I go, and I, and I, hopefully you don't lose respect for me. When I go on vacation, I don't tune in. I don't watch the services. I don't text and ask how the service went. I need to disconnect. I just need to go, well, when I was in Wisconsin, that was not a vacation, <laughs> We were there speaking and ministering, so there was still, my mind was still in church and church things and processes and vision, and, and uh, we attended a church, and just to make a long story short, there were some things there going on well and things I liked and didn't like, and I just started asking questions, and I was praying and had been praying about this for a while, and I met with the pastor that I sat under growing up, and uh, I told him about what I was feeling, and he listened and really didn't say anything. I was super frustrated. You ever do that? You go talk to someone and you're just waiting for like, yes, thus saith the Lord. <laughs> I mean, I was ready. And right before we left, he said, Gary, you can't, you can't be afraid to do something God lays on your heart out of fear of breaking tradition because no one else is doing it. I didn't think much of it, honestly, but in prayer, God kept bringing that, that one statement back to my head. And he began to bring back recent things in my mind, and he reminded me of that statement. And because sometimes we do something for so long that we won't even consider changing it just because we've been doing it that way so long. You ever do that? You ever see that? Maybe in your family? Maybe on your, your place of business? Church, ministry? I don't want to, it takes so much time and effort and energy and planning to try to make major changes that we just kind of like, well, this is working, this is okay. And so I began to pray with a completely open mind. You know, there's a difference between praying and praying with a completely open mind. Lord, I need you to speak, but it has to fit in the realm of what makes sense to me. God, you're not speaking to me, and I need it to fit in this realm. And God, I, 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 I need to hear from you. And so, church, you've heard me tell you that one day, one day we're gonna begin planting churches across America. One day, we're going to train people to lead these churches. And one day, we're going to call on some of you to help plant these churches. And then it dawned on me, and God spoke, I feel, clearly. Why do we not plant a church within a church? What in the world does that mean? We have a building. It's a beautiful facility a nice-looking place. We're still looking to buy a building, build, expand, but either way, we're going to have an amazing, beautiful facility, and we have more than 100,000 people who can come to our church on a weekend. We currently get about 100, maybe 150 here today. Why do we need to look to plant a church in another state? Why do we need to look to plant a church in another city? Why do we not use the resources that we currently have and almost plant another church right here in Liberty? Now again, I know you're going, cool, what in the world does that look like? Well, I've never done it, so I can't tell you exactly. But for the rest of our time here today, I'm going to share with you the details of what God's laid on my heart. And we're going to do a pilot program. We're going to launch a pilot program from right now until the end of this year. I shouldn't say from right now. from You'll see in a second when we're launching it. But we're going to do this through the end of the summer. Some of our leaders were like, you know what? I don't know, like I, we, we were thinking about just the end of the summer, I'm sorry, and some of our leaders are like, I don't know about that, because with everyone's summer travel, we don't get a true test of what, what that looks like, and, and it'll take some times for teams to find their way and, and uh, you know, see what this might look like moving forward. It might take time for our community to catch on about some of the things we're offering. We want to taste each season throughout the year and see what this looks like to get a good barometer of it, and honestly, I want the excitement to totally wear off. How many of you know that? Anybody here married? How many of you know there's a honeymoon stage? How many of you know? Don't don't raise your hand. How many of you know there's a conflict stage? (laughs) Some of you are like we're still trying to figure that one out. Because the honeymoon stage ends. Guess what? That happens in career. That happens in church. That happens in ministry. So we'll make a change and you'll have people that, "Ah, I want to see when you stop being excited what this looks like, to see what, what this is going to look like. And so as we came up with the details for these changes, we were aiming to figure something out that could reach more of our community, connect a new group of people who may need to work Sunday mornings and local churches don't provide options for them, how to make room for continued growth, how to provide ministry opportunities for our youth. Alter experiences at times of prayer for our kids, yet still give teachers ample time to teach and invest in the kids downstairs, but not for making our services extremely long and difficult for guests to sit through, all while not burning out existing teams. That's it. That's all. We just had to come up with a plan that fits all that stuff. And now I will tell you I read a book called The Post-Quarantine Church and Tom Rainer, founder and CEO of Church Answers and respected pastor, teacher and author. I can't even tell you. The book, I've read books that are life-changing. This book was just average. I didn't even enjoy it that much. <laughs> Sorry Tom Rainer if you're watching. But he made one statement that I will never forget. It's the way God just does amazing things. He just gives you little bits and pieces to put together your vision. One statement. One third of working Americans have to work Sundays. One third. That is out of every 10 people, you know, just three people, okay? Just over three people. They, they have to work on Sundays. What does the majority of American churches offer their services? So there's a, a sect of the society of community that automatically are removed from the ability to serve and attend a local church. Ever since I read this, I could not get it out of my head. And that's actually why, too, when COVID hit. We didn't do like other churches. We didn't try two Sunday mornings, a Sunday morning, Sunday night. How many of you remember? We tried a Saturday night and Sunday morning. Do you know out of all the Saturday nights that we had a service, did you realize this? Maybe not. There was not one Saturday night where we did not have a first-time guest. So I said, what if we planted a church right here in Liberty, right in our own facility, and we had more of a casual Saturday night service starting at 630? I talked to our leadership team about this. One of our leaders said she currently has four friends who said they would attend a church if there was a church on a Saturday that they can't come Sundays. Folks, I I can't rest until we give this a try. And I have peace, release, and direction from God. And so here is the first part of what this looks like. Starting on the weekend of May 15th and 16th, through at least the end of the year, Refuge Church will have services on Saturday evening at 6.30 and Sunday morning at 10 o'clock in the morning. Why am I doing this? Well, because me and my wife and our three children, we're so bored. <laughs> and we're sitting at church, at house, and we're like, we have nothing to do. And we said, you know what? I want to preach two times every weekend and try to put praise teams together and come to the church, and I want to just try and work harder. And if you believe that, we need to talk. <laughs> no. Because I want to start to go after a whole different group of people. I'm not content with just, we have a building, I hope everyone comes. I want to to try to seek the lost and the hurting and the broken. And I want to try to come up with another avenue in which they can have an experience with Jesus Christ. Now let's talk about what this looks like. Because I'm a details guy. We can snapshot, each service will be 60 to 75 minutes in length. How's that going to work? You have great questions. I'm going to answer them all. Sundays will remain traditional attire. You will continue to see me preach like this. Saturdays, might rock some worlds. I'm up preaching a Sport Coat with a pair of jeans. I'm not changing the message. This is new for me. I want you to know. I was raised in a home. My dad, and this is no indictment to anybody, no matter what you're wearing, you're welcome here, but my dad would never let me wear jeans to church growing up, and when I was growing up, this is embarrassing, colored jeans and silk shirts were in style. Did any of you guys wear colored jeans and silk shirts? Can you raise your hand? Don't leave me hanging up here. Okay. All right, one, two, three. There's three of you. Kevin, you ain't raising your hand. You're such a liar. All right. You wore silk shirts. Come on. All right. <laughs> and I remember one time I came out in these purple jeans. <laughs> no the way style goes. We might all be wearing them five years from now. I don't know. I was wearing these purple jeans, and my dad came up. What are you wearing? Like, are those jeans? No, Dad, there's purple. They're... <laughs> Flip the light on. Turn around. They got jeans in the pockets. Go change your clothes. Like, that's the way I was raised. Very traditional. So this is new for me, honestly. It, it is. It's a change. But I understand the society, the community in which we live. But I still value what we, what we do here. I'm still going to, Sunday morning is going to be more traditional. Saturday evening is going to be a more, people be landscaping, mowing yards, taking their kids to softball games, and and then they have a place that they can come and worship. And so I'm I'm going after just a whole new group of people. And if you say, my Lord, I ain't never going to listen to a preacher on Saturday night, then then come Sundays. Because the good news is I'm going to preach the same message. We're going to have the same song set. It's the same service. Now, if you want to come to both, me and my wife and kids, we'll be there. We'll see you every time. <laughs> but you don't have to. Well, yeah, but that's going to make, just give people choices on which service to go to. Does anybody here like choices? <laughs> I don't want to just be stuck going with AT&T. I want to have a choice between T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon. I want to have a choice. I get a little irritated. I want more internet service providers. Like, Google Google Fiber needs to get in Liberty. Come on now. You know, like, I, I, I want choices. When I go out to eat, if Chick-fil-A's line is too long, God bless them, I don't want to have to say, well, man, it's the only restaurant in town. I got 57 other choices that I can go to. I like that. And so, for me, you say, well, Saturday doesn't work this week. Next week it does. Great. We're here to serve our community. And so... Uh, We still will have a, uh, you're not, we're not going to just have shorts and uh, jeans and flip flops, or I mean, uh, flip flops and Kansas City Chief shirts up here, okay? We're still going to have some type of a, some type of a guide, guideline for the the platform. But each weekend will be the same, you choose what service, and uh, the two service model research, first time guest attendance grew on average of 26% in the first year. Church attendance grew 40% on average within three years. Church membership involvement grew 15% in one year. And volunteerism grew by 25%. So all the research points to the fact that this can really be a positive thing in a community. Especially a community of busy professionals in a metro area like Liberty in Kansas City area. The vision I've been preaching for years still doesn't change. It actually clarifies more. Instead of Sundays being inspirations, weekends are inspiration. Wednesdays are instruction and small groups are involvement. With a two-service model, you don't always see the same people every single time on the weekend, but you always see them the same people on Wednesdays when you come to instruction in the midweek. But small groups become even more vital to this church. Because involvement in one another's lives is still through the small group model. There's nothing better than meeting in homes publicly and house to house. It's the book of Acts, it's the way the apostles did it. Well, oh, I'm apostolic. Then get in a small group. I mean, I, I can't put it any clearer than that. And so now it's still, it's even more clear inspiration, instruction, involvement. Right now, a guest walks in. If you're a guest, thank you again for being here. But a guest walks in on a Sunday. Checks their child or children in downstairs, they hear an opening song, sit down, and they hear their first message of the day. Brother Condren did a phenomenal job this morning for deeper waters. (laughs) Then they stand back up, we go back into worship, their kids file in, hopefully they knew that, or like, all of a sudden their children come running up alongside of them. We get done, we're worshiping, woo, and then we go, everyone be seated, now you're going to hear another message. Oh, bless God, that's great. We got adults in the school. We got a message. This is wonderful for a church person. If you're a guest and you've never come to a new church before, it's kind of a long service. Essentially, you're sitting through two messages. Deeper Waters is great. Brother Foster does an incredible job with the content, the speakers do phenomenal. This is not on them. It's just the model of the community in which we're trying to reach going, okay. And for Wednesdays, if I said right now, who here can stand up on a fly and give me the schedule for your children on Wednesday nights? I would guess maybe five of you could do it. I am the pastor of the church. And a couple weeks ago, I see Jude and Carson were up on the front row, and Titus is missing. I'm going, where's what in the world? I go down, no, where's Titus? He's already checked into Children's Church. It's Children's Church? They start downstairs tonight. I come up, Jude, Carson, what are you guys doing? They look at me like I'm nuts. What do you mean, what am I doing? Where, where are you? We're ready to start church. No, it's Children's Church. You guys got to go downstairs. Oh, we start downstairs today. And I'm the pastor of the church. Do we start up or down? Are we down? Are we up? Where where, where do we start? Are we in a breakout session? And the youth, the poor youth, helped build their, they built their youth room. Do you know on Wednesday nights, in in a month, do you know how many times they get to use their youth room? One time. That's it. And when they use it, it's a youth service with kids choir right outside the door. And they're having a blast. Sister Tanya does a great job, and they're singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. What are you guys doing in there? So the one time they do get to use it, they have their own choir of angels singing right outside their door. It changes weekly. We don't even know. So Deeper Waters type series teaching is instruction. That will be more of a Wednesday night content where it belongs on instruction. For kids and youth, Sundays and Wednesdays in this model become repeatable and consistent. Always the same. For a first-time guest, the service becomes a bit shorter. They hear one message instead of two. So now instead of preaching 45, I can preach an hour and a half. I'm kidding. (laughs) Kidding. So adults in the main sanctuary, what does this look like for you? Let's start with the adults. I know this is different. Again, if you're a guest, come back and hear another message next Sunday. Next Sunday is Easter. We're going to have a great time. And I'm going to preach a regular message. But start with the adults in the main sanctuary. Wednesdays, nothing changes. Woo! Wednesdays, it's principles for life. The only thing is I'm going to work in some other... Speakers and teachers, we're going to have some serious teaching. I won't do all of it, and, and, we're, and nothing changes for you. It's Wednesday nights upstairs. The weekends, adults, you now have two options to come to every weekend. You can go to Saturday night at 6.30 or Sunday morning at 10 a.m. You can come every single weekend, and me and you and my wife will become great friends. Sundays will be live streamed. Saturday nights will not. We don't have to live stream the exact same service. And then if somebody sees me preaching in jeans, they won't think I'm leaving truth anyway. (laughs) We'll be singing three songs. There will be about 60, 75 minutes for a service. Praise team, who here's on the praise team? I have bad news for you. You don't have to be here at 8.30 on Sundays. You have to be here at 9.20. Because sound check is Saturday's at 5 30, but what happens when you sing the same song set for the next morning? You don't need as much time. You have 5 30 on Saturday evening, 9 20 on Sunday morning, and one weekend a month we'll be having speakers other than myself, so you're still going to get anointed speaking. You'll hear from Brother Foster, Brother Conjuring, but you'll hear from all these other people. And so one weekend a month, they're preaching. Ministry teams, are you ready? Here is the crucial part of the plan. Because right back there, Nathan Green is freaking out, thinking I'm going to be playing bass on Saturday and Sunday nights for the rest of my life. (laughs) I hope you do, but you don't have to. No, here's the plan. We encourage every single youth and adult to serve at least one weekend a month. I'm going to get to the youth in a second. Ministry teams will be asked to serve one weekend a month. So you will serve on a Saturday night and a Sunday morning, you'll serve one weekend. And this is the best way to make this work. Now if you're here saying, "Well, I work Saturday nights." Our ministry teams know this. We know that you're an exception to this and Wherever ministries that you're in, you talk to that ministry director. They will work with you on your schedule. If you have to work Saturday night, we are not saying, good luck. You're not in ministry at this church. Like, we're not doing that. Okay? But for everyone else, we ask that you serve a minimum of one weekend a month and a maximum of two. Because I don't want you to be like, whoa, this is awesome, and you're here every Saturday and Sunday. And four months from now, you're like, I quit it all. I can't do it anymore. we want you to just be healthy spiritually too. We don't want to burn anybody out. And so if you serve in four ministries, you will be here if you serve in four ministries, you'll be here all the time. And so we don't want that. So, I would suggest limiting yourself to how many ministries you serve on a weekend. So, that's different for Wednesdays. You could say I serve two weekends in this ministry, but then I'm still doing check-in on Wednesday night or I'm I'm singing on a praise team Wednesday night. Wednesday night is a different story because we're all coming on a Wednesday anyway. Amen? Amen. (laughs) When you're not on to serve for a weekend, you choose which service you come to or both. I don't care. It's up to you. And you will have an opportunity before we leave to sign up for these, and I'll explain that in just a minute. Teams will come. Yes, teams come back twice. Oh, my goodness, that messes up my weekend. Teams come back twice on the one weekend you serve or two weekends you serve. But guess what? You're coming back for around the same time as you would sit in on a long Sunday. And we're reaching a whole new group of people. And so the only times you come back twice is the weekend in which you serve. And the, the key to this is every adult serving at least one to two weekends a month, and parents encouraging their youth to also do the same. So what does it look like for children and student ministries? In a way, Wednesdays become Sundays and Sundays become Wednesdays. Let's start with impact student ministries. Are you guys ready? That was weak. You guys ready? I need more energy. Are you guys ready? Man, that's still weak. The, you know, at youth convention, they're going to look totally different than what they just did here. Two out of three kids leave, two out of three youth leave church at the age of 18. We, I would argue, do much better than that statistic. I want to get even better. Why does a young person leave at the age of 18? Why do so many leave? I would say that they're now they have their own class, their own stuff, and then all of a sudden they go into a whole new environment. Now I'm disconnected here and I'm supposed to just automatically connect up here. I think there has to be a, a gap, a bridge, or bridge that gap, bridges that gap. Right now, we have some kind of service class or breakout session for every youth every time they come to church. Some people say, that's awesome, that's great, that's wonderful. But on the other hand, the youth never have a chance to serve in ministry other than Family Wednesday. And I want you as parents and our youth group to hear me say this as your pastor. I believe in you. Family Wednesday is great for our children to get up here and sing and do that, and I want that we're still going to figure out a way to do that. But our youth are anointed, talented, godly, gifted, and called by God. And so, I want to say goodbye to the days when you guys just go to your class, go have fun, go turn 18. Now, hey guys, you need to serve God, you need to get in ministry, we need to do this. Why in the world, when I go to Wisconsin and I'm speaking and I'm having people and God's moving in, this, in this, this hyphen breakout session and they're verbalizing their call. And my brave daughter gets up and says, I feel called to lead worship in a church. And I say, you're 12. Someday when you're older, we'll go ahead and give you a chance. Why in the world are we doing this? If you can knock down giants when you're in your early teens, I think you can step into an apostolic Pentecostal service and do ministry. And so I want our young people to know that youth group, let me tell you this, I'm unveiling this plan. I will just say this right now publicly. We cannot make this plan work without you. How's it feel to be needed? You guys, we need you to serve. You guys are now being given the opportunity to take more ownership in this church than you ever have. And that really anybody has that I can think of in any churches that I've been a part of or visited. And the leaders of this church believe in every one of you. So weekends for the youth, what does a weekend look like for ages 12 to 19? Bear with me. Put down the stones for now. There will be no weekend classes for you, but sit tight. Let's sit tight. Instead, you will be asked to serve in any ministry you want every weekend. You can serve in anything. I don't care if you're 12. You want to be on the praise team? We'll get you on the second keys. We'll get you going. You can be the main keys for all I care. Once you get trained. The days of making you wait to be in a technology booth or a praise team, they're gone. Now, the requirements, you're going to join a praise team. There are requirements and lifestyle issues you still need to follow. We're going to talk about dress. We're going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about your personal consecrations. None of that changes. And we expect it of you just like we do of an adult. So, any person or youth, just know that we have different levels of volunteering. That, depending on what you do, when you start to teach children, lead a song, versus other ministries that are more behind the scenes, there's a different level of commitment that goes with each time you are in a a leadership role, investing, or leading a group of people. But, youth, I want you to understand we're not taking something away, we are inviting you to be a part. And at the end of this service, you'll be invited to sign up for projection, sound, live stream, guest relations, praise team, children's ministry. Praise team, you can already start coming to a praise team practice April 13th, coming up. Since Kiera, is, she's in nursery this morning, since she's going to be with us every week, and I'm so proud of Kiera. I really am. I really, I try not to make this personal, and, but I want you to know as a dad, I'm, I'm proud of her. She wants to be involved. So she's already signed up. Her name is, she said, can I do this? I'm going to be a nursery. She's already signed up for Praise Team one weekend, Rock Church one weekend, VIP Experience. She, wants, she loves making breakfast and cooking, and a nursery on the other. She's going to be here every weekend with us. And the other issues, uh, anyway, so Wednesdays, youth services, breakout sessions, Wednesday. What you have done on Sunday, Wednesday, everybody will be in their own classes. There will be nobody in the main area, and every single Wednesday, you guys don't start upstairs. You get the whole entire time, every single Wednesday, for your youth services, breakout sessions, discussions, every Wednesday, you get the whole time downstairs for a complete hour. So you have more time on Wednesdays. Parents, I will pause and say the attitude of the youth and their desire to serve will be directly correlated to what? To what you say behind closed doors about this plan. On the car ride home, be very, 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 very calculated in what you say and how you say it. And we will encourage parents and youth On our scheduling software, it's going to be a work in progress. Don't lose your mind in the beginning as you work with your ministry directors. It'll be a process. But block off weekends that you don't want to serve so that the entire family can serve at the same time. So that we don't have to say, well, yep, Luke's on for praise team one week and Lane's on for guest relations the next week. And Brother Foster's on to play the guitar and Sister Foster's on to bring praise team the following week. And that they're coming two weekends as a family. One of them is gone every weekend. We will work to schedule families together if you block off weekends. And we'll show you how to do that. You can talk to your ministry directors. Now, um, Kingdom Rock, children's ministry of Refuge Church. Here's what the new revamped schedule looks like. I had kids walk in today go, I can't wait to hear about the new plan. Our kids are even pumped for this. All right? Ages 4 to 11, they're probably, you're, you're, you're the parent, you're listening probably more than they even are right now. But... Every weekend, every weekend is Now Rock Church. Every Wednesday is Now Rock Academy. Very simple. Rock church on the weekends, rock academy during the week. So on the weekends, parents, you will check your kids in with, get their tithe, get the check-in process done, and then every single person, besides nursery, nursery stays down, every person comes to the sanctuary for worship. Saturdays at 6:30, Sundays at 10 a.m. We are all in here for worship. We worship together. And a slide goes up that says Rock Church, ages 4 to 11, are dismissed to head downstairs after the last song, right before... The preacher gets up to preach. Security walks the kids and the teachers down. Everyone starts upstairs and then they all go downstairs. Nursery is in the class and all of the age, four to eleven, are in the main area for Rock Church. It's more of a children's church feel. Some of the 10 and 11 year olds the older ones will help out more than just be instructed. Uh, they'll, they'll be helpers to the to the teachers. And so there will be children's church in the main area. Guess what else is awesome about that? We pastored the church and we went to visit our friends in Wisconsin. Jude and Titus would have had to get checked in and go to two random places by themselves into separate classes. Think about this. If you're a stranger, if you're walking in and it's your first-time guest, do you like having your kids separated behind closed walls and sending them into different places? It's a lot nicer when your two children, no matter their age, they go to the same place and they can sit by each other, and it's a lot more comforting as a parent too. So the guests that we're reaching to on the weekends, Saturdays and Sundays, everybody starts up, they're dismissed downstairs to Rock Church. They're in the main area, and that's the only thing other than nursery going on down, down downstairs. No classes other than nursery. And, that, and, that's, and then parents, after you're done praying, you go pick your kids up, and you don't have to worry about your kids running all over the place. You can focus on prayer at the end of the services. Uh, Rock Church, it will be the same thing, a same message, same lesson. So on Saturday night, they'll hear the same thing Sunday morning. They'll leave up the props, the teams, and it's the same thing Saturday night and Sunday morning. Uh, children will be downstairs for about 45 minutes during that message. Uh, well, I mean like 30 for me. If Brother Foster's preaching. It's a little longer. but uh, Tongue in cheek, of course. We all know I preach a little longer. But we must view this as a new church plant. Children's ministry cannot have the luxury of five adults for 15 kids. Can't happen. When churches start, they sometimes have one, okay? We're not going to stretch you that then, all right? Don't worry. But we will do this for all of our teams as we move into this. One in nursery on Wednesday since there's a toddler class for three and four. So we only have zero to two, so they'll, we'll start with one in nursery. Three in rock church. I know I think we have five right now. We will start with three, and as the teams are built, we'll get more. But for now, it's two separate services, smaller groups. We will no longer have ushering. We will ask our ushers to serve in other ministries, such as fit guest relations. Because at this ta- time, we don't have to praise team. We don't have to worship leaders. We don't have to say this this new thing we're doing. We've been doing it for a year, and guess what? We're not going back. If you have cash and you carry cash, there's a box in the foyer. All There's text to give. There's online giving. You can mail in checks. All that we can still give. And so there's no need. Will the ushers come past the plates? It was wonderful while it lasted. But now we can free up other ministry volunteers and ushering to focus in different things. Scaled Back Praise Team on Wednesday nights. We'll start with two songs because the kids old and the youth will always be downstairs. It'll just be us adults up here on Wednesdays. No live stream on Saturday, So we're doing things to maximize the influence of our volunteers because we're very intentional about not burning people out. And these will help free up volunteers. So with Rock Church, we'll begin by looking, and I'm moving along. We'll begin by looking for a different team of three people every weekend. So if you're here saying, man, I've thought about children's ministry, but I just can't sign my name and blood and commit from here till kingdom come. But you say, now you're only asking me to serve in Rock Church one Saturday night, one Sunday morning, one weekend a month. I can do that. I can do that. And so we're looking for people to sign up for Weekend Rock Church. Now our Sunday school teachers are, they're already teaching Wednesday night, so we don't even need that. We don't need any kids' help on Wednesday night. They're teaching They're teaching uh, Rock Academy. So they're going to be doing their, their, those classes, the individual classes on Wednesdays. Rock Church is the teams. So there's a team of three adults on for each weekend. Uh, that, and so Rawl and Pam Douglas, they oversaw Wednesday nights. Now they're overseeing the weekends, the Rock Church. But I don't want them down there every weekend because I don't want them burnt out either. That's my sister. I don't want her crabby, okay? She'll, she'll cut my Christmas gifts in half, you know? But other weekends, we'll have a lead person on and then the two volunteers so that they can call their lead person. And there's leads each week and then the volunteers. And the volunteers can be a youth. You guys can be down there on Rock Church helping out. And so, which is awesome. Imagine the kids, how much they look up to you guys. You can make a real difference. And so, Rock Church, you don't have to be intimidated. What's Rock Church? After a worship, they're dismissed to go downstairs. And Rock Church, we have, there's activities, there's snacks, there's games. But the curriculum, the lessons are actually given to you by Brother Roll and Sister Pam. They actually get you that. It's, nobody's saying you need to come in and reinvent the wheel. You are given lessons. You're given instruction on how to do this. But this time will be crucial because that weekend's, guess what? They're not, they're not having an altar call up here with us anymore. Rock Academy is instruction. Rock Church is inspiration. So every single Saturday night and Sunday morning, there has to be some form of a let's close in prayer prayer. Let's come to an altar. Let's seek Jesus. That is where I want to hear about on Rock Church weekends, kids getting the Holy Ghost. Kids get, I mean, l- kids crying and praying and seeking God and praying with each other. It's going to be fun, but it has to have a spiritual element to close. And so... Uh, youth and adults alike will be able to sign up for that Rock Church. Wednesday's Rock Academy, like I said, that's formerly known as Sunday School. The teachers will be teaching that, and they have always told me, I just hate it because we don't ever have any time for the kids. Now they get the whole hour. On Wednesday nights, children's ministry, you check them in, and you get a Wednesday night free. They check in and all of them go and they get an hour with their teacher. Their teacher gets to do crafts and all the things that our teaching staff has been asking for forever. They get a full hour with the kids to actually teach them a lesson, take time with them. So starting the weekend of May 15th and 16th, this happens. The first Wednesday night that this happens is May 19th that your kids, and we'll remind you of this as this comes up, but um, family services, the fifth Wednesday that happens four times a year, we will still have family Wednesday, but it only happens on four times a year on the fifth Wednesday where our children's ministry will sing and lead the songs and everybody stays up that Wednesday night. We'll have a sign in the foyer that makes it very clear, family service today. And you'll know that they're upstairs and we still have that. On the fifth weekend, that also happens four times a year. We will have weekend family services. So that means that at least eight services a year you attend, you'll be having your family sit on the row with you, going to the altar, praying with you, so there's still that family experience also. Nursery is still offered at every service that we come to. VIP breakfast is now called VIP experience because if you're a guest, we invite you back to this VIP breakfast. That will still take place at 9 in the morning on Sundays, but we are also saying if it works better for you, if you're a Saturday night crowd, we we have a VIP coffee and dessert bar. After the Saturday evening service, there'll be a cup of coffee, some sliced pie, cheesecake, whatever. And so if you're saying, man, I'm not a morning person. I don't like to come to no 9 a.m. VIP breakfast. I got kids. It's hard enough to get to church. We got another option for you. Hallelujah. And some of you are like, man, I don't like eggs anyway, but give me the cheesecake. All right. So, um, so that's another one. And then the last major change. Are we good here? We're almost done. I hope that you're still clapping after this one because remember tradition or mission, tradition's a tough thing. It's hard. Everybody take a deep breath. We're gonna modernize the look of the sanctuary a little bit. But if you are so, if you are in love with the pew that you're sitting on, See me today, and you can take it home. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Because the way we are going to move to chairs, here's, here's, here's the reasons why we're going to do this. Before and Nobody's left yet. Lock the doors. Don't let them out. No. Um, <laughs> let me tell you some of the reasons why. We will only put out as many chairs as we need, because when you go to two services, guess what? There's not going to be this many people on a weekend. So you don't want to all of a sudden go into this and like, you're like, man, it feels like we lost momentum. There's not very, look at all these empty seats. No, we're going to put out as many as we need for each service and then get more as we grow. Um, we can spread out a little bit more, social distance a little bit more. So I think I can see the, the, the day when we get some chairs, can make the rows a little bigger, the aisles a little bigger, and maybe remove your masks when you're seated because it allows for, <laughs> allows for more area. It updates the look of the sanctuary. Uh, it makes the sanctuary space more flexible. At the end of June, we have a life planning seminar, and it's going to be training and instruction on Friday night. How nice would it be to have circular tables with eight chairs around it and have more of a, of, of a seminar feel in here? So it makes the space more, more multifunctional, um, and it uh, gives the youth flexibility. That as I mean, they're on the third row. Their youth room is not going to fit them soon. I'm I'm serious, guys. Their youth room's not gonna fit them soon. So on an off night, they can come up here and have a youth service and rearrange this however they want. They can utilize this as a youth space on an, an off night. And so uh, if we're here today, and don't get we're still looking at buying land and all that. This is just an interim. But if you're here today and you would like one of these, and the chairs are a great investment, because guess what? We take them to the building when we leave. So, if you're here today and you'd like to take one, uh, let me know, because members get first dibs. Second, <laughs> hey, I know some people, some of you probably helped paid for these pews, so I want to respect that. Second, then we're going to try to give them to a church and be a blessing. And lastly, we'll try to sell them if we can't do those first couple of things. Unfortunately, I wanted the chairs here for our launch on May 15th and 16th, but the company, it's like 14 weeks out, so it's going to be, it'll be a little late, but I'll, we'll have some pews removed and change the feel a little bit. But anyway, we already are all set, guys. Here we go. Check this out. This is what's going to go in front of our building. Yeah, there's slippery signs. This is what's going to go in front of our building. There's going to be three signs as people pull up. Hannah, am I looking at the right camera, Hannah? Should I be over here? Is it right there? Okay. All right. There we go. We're not high-tech because it got the red light on it, and I know which one to look at. So, We've added a service for you. Saturdays at 6.30. Sundays at 10 a.m. And we even have business cards, trendy business cards that are coming that you'll be able to hand out to people that say the exact same thing as you hand out to people. And you're getting them in people's hands. You're letting them know that, listen, you're the only reason we're doing this. There's another opportunity for you to come and connect and worship with us. And so there's going to be experience and opportunities for people. And so we are seeking the lost. We as a church are not saying, God send them to this building. We are actively seeking for people who are hurt, broken, battered, looking, needing someone. We want to be those people. We want to carry those people, to invest in those people. I'm willing to let the broken and battered inconvenience me. Because this is inconvenient for me and my family. But it's not about that. I want to reach the lost. And we're going to let our community know that that's it. This might not be easy and convenient, but just ask the good Samaritan. In some ways, we're planting a new church. We're reaching for a new demographic. One-third of Americans working Sundays. We're finding them. We're seeking them out. Let's not forget our mission as we change some of our tradition. I'm asking for all of your support in this. I feel peace, release, and direction. There will be issues along the way. Something's going to happen. You're going to get scheduled. I thought you said just communicate. Just communicate. Be patient. It's going to, it's going to, we're going to work through things. Okay? We need everybody. Isn't it interesting? I did not, sh- I'm not smart enough to do this. I did not strategically plan this entire thing out. Isn't it interesting? We're in the middle of a Wednesday night series on the body and how our bodies, our physical bodies work and coincide together in unity, just like the body of Christ and how we need every part of the body. We talked about how if you remove two DNA, how it can mess up your whole body. We need you. We need all of you. And so now is the call to action. At the end of every message, I make an altar call. I will preach, and sometimes that's, so respond, and will be baptized. Come to the altar. Repent of your sins. Make a new commitment. Go find someone to forgive. Like, w- w- let's take up a special offering. I mean, whatever. There's, there's some kind of a response. Well, today I'm making an altar call. I'm calling you to respond. It's just the response today is going to look a little bit different. We're going to pray right now together, and I want to invite the various ministry direct. Now, notice, these are not, these are not, this is not every ministry we have at this church. These are the only the ministries that will be directly impacted by the times we gather in this building. We don't have cleaning ministry and pantry and things that go on and off nights. We're talking about just the things. This is it. This is all we need to make us go when we gather for services. That's not that much. But we need teams so people aren't burnt out. We need people who are willing to be inconvenienced. But in some ways, it's going to even be easier. There's going to be things about this you love. But I want to ask the ministry directors, if you have specific questions, they'll stand behind this table and they will be able to answer some of your questions. And so um, what the ministry entails, what training is involved, we do need sound people. I think we only have three or four. There is nothing in this church you have to be afraid of. I promise you, we will train and equip you for anything you volunteer for. We will make sure you're ready. We will make sure you're comfortable. Do not stress, okay? But if you can't hear or something like that, don't sign up for sound. (laughs) I mean, you know what I'm saying? We have to, obviously, there's, there's different ministries. So praise teams. We're going to ask my wife to come right over here, and if my son wakes up, if he wakes up and looking for mom, just talk to him, Felicity, or Felicity, I just call you Felicity, Felicia. Felicia, Felicity is in nursery, um, so VIP experience, Michelle. My daughter is 12, but she makes a good breakfast, I'll tell you. First impressions team, we have separate sheets for Wednesday and Sunday because, or Wednesday and weekends because weekends, you might say, oh, I can only serve these weekends. But Wednesday, you can still, anybody that does something on a weekend, you can still, first impressions, you're just greeting somebody at the door, which is so important, but you can come right into the service. So don't feel like, was well, I serve two weekends. I can't do a Wednesday. We need you on a Wednesday. Okay? So fit up here. Technology has the whole middle table. I was so nice to Noah to give him the whole middle table, and he, he didn't like it. So Hannah, Hannah, Noah specifically asked to make sure you zoom in, get side shots of him for the live stream and stuff. Um, so this has projection, thank God for our projection, sound, thank God for sound, and live stream. If you're watching live stream right now, thank God somebody has the passion to do this, right? And so he'll answer questions about that. I guarantee you he'll make sure you're trained. Weekend Rock Church, Pam and Roll. Come on. They're over here. That's just the teams. We need at least three teams that are youth and adults. You, youth, can, you can do any of this. And Rock Church, the, they'll make sure you're trained. You know what's going on. You're not just going to be thrown in the fire. And so uh, we need Weekend Rock Church volunteers. Um, and that is something where you're instructing kids. So I want you to know. You don't need to be perfect, but you need to be committed because you're instructing children. And so nursery, uh, we need a separate sheet for weekend and Wednesday. Sarah Williams, I think she's downstairs. So, Oh, she came up. <laughs> Woo! She oversees the nursery department. Let's all thank Sister Sarah Williams. <laughs> nursery is somewhere. It's over there. I did, you can tell I didn't put these together. We have great teams. Um, and then security, we have separate for weekends and Wednesdays. And Brother Jacob's standing in for Brother Matthew because he's at a funeral. Um, so security's over here, and he'll answer whatever questions. He assists Matthew in that, and he does a great job. So as we pray, even if you say, what if I already serve in that? Come up and sign up for whatever ministry that you feel like you want to be a part of. Well, I don't know yet about the scheduling. We'll figure it out. This is, don't get that deep. It's just, that's something I want to be a part of. And you just make sure it's Wednesdays and weekends, so make sure you're signing the right form, because some of them have two. Not all of them, but some of them have two. And when you come up, you sign that form, and we'll get in contact with you. We're going to work through this. We're starting early enough so we can work on schedules and get this all set, and we'll get it dialed in. Um, But... We encourage you really to serve in no, no, I mean you can, you, can, you can do whatever you want. I, I'm encouraging this. If you say, no, bless God, I'm serving every single weekend, fine. I don't encourage it because I don't want to see you burnt out. But if that's what you're called to do, then do it. Youth, you better make sure your parents are on board with that before you sign up for four weekends. To, um, so so anyway, so this sign-up time also includes uh, youth, adults, and um, we just believe. I know it's a different altar call. Altar call, this is not gonna be an altar call where we're necessarily praying through up here and weeping and coming, but it's, it's, it's time to respond now. And I'm sorry that this has been a little long. If you're a guest again, thank you. Thank you for sitting in on this. Uh, part of, you as a guest are part of the reason we're doing this. We wanna give you opportunities for worship and for service. If you're here and you say, well, I've only come one or two times. I don't know if he's talking to me. Listen, if you want to be a part of this church, come up and sign these forms. We want you to be a part. We want you to be a part. There will be some place for you to serve. And serve whatever, you know, sign whatever. Even if you sign up for four, that's fine. Because then that, if we know like, hey, you really only should serve in three, but we desperately need more in this area, more than this area. Would you mind dropping that one and focusing on this? Like sign what you're interested in. And then we'll we'll work through the details. I'm here to answer questions. They're here to answer questions. Let's go and reach this booming community that God has placed us in. Would you stand to your feet? Jesus, God, I, I, I did my very best to cast the vision that you've given us, and we're only doing it because we feel a stirring in our spirit, God. We wanna reach more people. You placed us in this incredible community. Liberty is an amazing city. In the surrounding areas, God, thank you for letting us live here at such a time as this. But God, there are people all over, Lord Jesus, from every ethnic background, every socioeconomic background. God, there are different ages, genders. God, we wanna reach everybody because we believe that what you've given us is a life-changing, life-saving gospel message But, Lord, we want another opportunity, Lord, to invite people. And we want to have it result in more Bible studies and more small groups and, and God, more solid disciples, Jesus. This is not just about making volunteers for inside the church. This is the bigger picture of making sure that something's set here so more and more people can come in and experience hope, Lord God. So I pray right now over every person watching online, help them to get involved, Lord, the next time they're here. I pray every person in here in this building right now. God, that you'd begin to lay things on their heart, that they would have vision for specific ministries and their giftings and their talents, God. And that, Lord, that you would help men and women and children and youth, Lord, help them to, Lord, God, begin to come up and to sign these forms and that this will, Lord, lead us into a whole new dimension, God. I believe, Lord Jesus, that that lives are going to begin to be impacted and changed on both Saturday nights and Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. God, I just believe, Lord God, that you have great things in store, Jesus. Thank you, Lord God, for the vision. Thank you for the fresh vision. Thank you, God, in advance, Lord, for everything that's getting ready to transpire. God, I pray that your anointing would be here. Lord, even as people respond, it's not the typical altar call, but it's still a call to response. Lord, I thank you for every single individual who is here today. Let us step out in faith right now in the name of Jesus. Jesus Christ. Oh, I invite you right now to just begin to make your way up and to sign up for these various things. And, and there's no limit. You sign up to wherever you're feeling called or wherever you want to check out. If you have questions, ministry directors are here.